1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than PrizePix. Picks. Prize picks is the leading over-under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of A Heart Tell Podcast. All you got to do is sign up now and use the promo code BACKPACK. Prize picks will match your first deposit up to $100. That's right, they'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the Prize Picks app today. Heart to Tell podcast, episode 215, Dexter Henry, Brian finds here. I'm laughing because of some off-mic stuff. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll continue. I'll tell you, we can tell the people what it is. You know, I told Brian was a little disappointed because he looked at his phone and realized the Heat we're losing, and I said, because y'all ain't that nice. I got and money I on it, this I game.
2: I got money yeah. on this
0: game. Yeah, you're going to bet on your people. I understand that. I understand you got to <laughs> bet on your people. I understand that completely. I, I get it. I get it. You're going to bet on your people. It's 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 all good. But we got a good episode for everybody uh, that's listening this week. Look, if you've been paying attention to baseball, what's been going on, you've seen, well, baseball is not going to start on time this year. Yep. To talk to us about the MLB, I mean, there's a lot of people we can talk to. We will probably talk to a bunch of people about this. But we had to bring back somebody who has not been with us on the podcast in quite some time. The last time I saw this man, it was in studio, so you know that was a while ago. Yeah, he is the founder of the Pitcher List, and that is Nick. See, I almost messed it up, Nick. I was about to mess it up for a second. I was about to say it, and it would do it. I used to say his name all the time. Nick Pollock. It's Nick Pollock. I was going to say his name. You know, like he talked about a group of people in season two of The Wire, and I didn't want to do that, so. I had to make sure I had it right. Nick, how are you, man? And I mean, Nick, I'm all
1: right. Maybe. No, that was, yes, I have, uh, of course. Um, <laughs> no, man,
2: oh, oh gotten, of course. All say, right. I
1: mean, it's the wire. It's the wire. Yeah. Um, yeah. What is happening? It's great to see you guys.
2: Yes, honestly. man. Wonderful. It's good, it's good to see you,
0: man. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> really, really great to see you. Um, baseball is what yeah. you do, it's uh-huh. what you talk about yeah. a ton. <laughs> But right now baseball you know, they're in a lockout. The players have been locked out. We don't have baseball. You are shaking your head, Nick. Can we get your emotional state around baseball being locked out right now? This is the worst. This is um, <laughs> It's the worst. I, I
1: mean, look, I, I feel very lucky to be uh to to have Have this whole thing surrounding like this thing I care about so much that is baseball. It's this wonderful thing. It's existed existed for as long as I've been around and way longer than that. And it's just so frustrating that, you know, I've built everything that I do around the sport and that the ones that actually get to decide if there is baseball or not don't want there to be baseball. The owners (laughs) of baseball are literally saying, you know what? We make more money if we don't have baseball played for about the first 25 games of the year. Because we still get all of our TV money, we don't get as much revenue f- inside of stadiums, and we don't have to play players as much. So if we could just not let there be a baseball season for like the first three weeks or so, we'll make more money. So let's do that. And these are billionaires who are saving, you know, pennies to the hundreds of dollars for this, and they not to mention if they lose pennies to a hundred dollars, who cares? They have a billion dollars. Um, it, it's, it's unbelievably frustrating. It It's, it's maddening and it's really hard not to be in a bad state
0: about it. So it sucks. It, yeah. It sucks a lot. Yeah. It's not good for anybody. Baseball, no. baseball fans are pissed here. Could like, I think there's a lot of people who maybe aren't super into baseball, but they kind of follow baseball and they're kind of like, all right, what's going on here is, you know, I sometimes think we trivialize it, right, to the billionaires versus the millionaires, and that's kind of trivial instead of looking at it as an actual labor issue that I think a lot of people can actually relate to. Yeah. If, you, if you think about it, could you talk and let people know what's actually going on here? For people who don't know, what are they actually disputing yeah. here? What is it the players want? We know for the owners it's greed. But w- what is actually being disputed here? Uh, Nick, can you tell? Absolutely. Um, So first of all, I mean, even the millionaires to
1: billionaires thing, uh, it's the same as like thousandaires to millionaires, right? And then you can get a real understanding like, wait a second, there is such a large gap uh, between these people. Um, At the heart of what's going on is the most valuable thing in baseball are young players. Why is that? Because they are not being paid millions and millions of dollars. They haven't entered free agency. They're also just generally a higher quality of player. Uh, They haven't had as many injuries. Steroids are not a thing anymore, or at least they aren't as major of a thing. People are still getting suspended, of course. But back in the late 90s, early 2000s or so, the peak player performance was around 28 years old. That has fallen far back to about 25 or so. And what that means is those that do most or are best for teams are the ones that are not getting paid a lot of money. They're the ones. That are on team control at minimum salaries. And uh, it can be really tough for a lot of players to actually get their proper payday. Um, and also means that teams are benefited by losing and shedding payroll and instead trying to gather as many of these young players as possible. And that's really an issue. I mean, there should be no way that, in the first place, in this or, you know, in everything that is this game of baseball, we should, there should be no incentivization for being bad. Um, And you see teams like the Rays, and we celebrate from the outside, like, oh, man, look at this amazing team they can put together on such a cheap payroll. We shouldn't be celebrating that, because that means that they essentially found the loopholes in the system to underpay their players. They should be paid more if they're doing really well. It just makes so much sense, right? Um, So at the core of what's going on here, and you, you hear a lot about, like, say, Max Scherzer pulling up in a Porsche and all of that stuff. And uh, what's really happening is that Max Scherzer is not buying for himself. What he's trying to do is he's trying to say, look, the minimum salaries that all these players get should be higher. Right. We, you should you guys should be paying more for them. And then generally how free agency works is you you have team control for either six or seven years. There's some rules about that. I won't get into the weeds about it. It can be very confusing, and all of that. <laughs> but in its essence, you have three years of team con- of team control under minimum salary. And then you have it in three years of arbitration, where based on the player performance that year, um, either the teams can sign a contract that says, yeah, you were worth this amount for that season, or they can go to an actual arbiter that says, based on very basic stats, like how many saves you got or how many RBIs you had, which we all know is not actually the way to determine if a player is good or not anymore. Right. But based on that is how much they get paid, and that's that. And you have situations like Jacob deGrom, where if a guy comes up at 27, 28, because he's been in the minors for so long, he's under team control for six, seven years. So when he would get his payday, would actually be like 34, 35, and no one wants to pay for that. Sure, we have like Juan Soto is expected to get like 400 to 500 million dollars because he's going to be incredibly young at that time. But for the heavy majority of players, some of them don't even really see more than three years in the majors at all, let alone survive through all the team control to be a free agent, and that is worth anything. So what's going on here is uh, Max are saying, look, those younger players need to be paid more, and we got to stop having these um, luxury tax, uh, the, the collective bargaining tax, which essentially says at a certain point, owners are, um, are charged extra. They have a tax if you go over the luxury threshold. And essentially, this as uh, acts like a salary cap, which is bad for players. That means teams pay less money.
0: And, and can I can I say something yeah. on that? Because we, we we do got to get that out the game. Okay, let's go. You you, you have this. You, it's, you said it acts as a as sort of a salary cap. Yes. Yeah. But then you don't have a floor, right? So right. then. If people don't want to spend the money, they don't have to spend the money. And you make a great point, Nick, in that we have people lauding the Tampa Bay Rays. Why are we lauding people for not trying to put the best product on the field or trying to do it cheaply?
1: Yeah, like, it's, it's, uh, we're thinking like, about the wrong way. I mean, we we, we, we allow them because it's like, oh, the game has been shipped, right? If I'm in well, control of the team, my world. goal is to spend the least amount of money. Like, oh, I only have $60 million to spend, so can I make the best team? And the Rays are really good at that, right? But – That really shouldn't be what we praise. You know, we should be praising teams. You know, we think about it all the time outside of baseball and just normal society of like, yes, people should be paid what they're worth. And this is no exception to that. Um, There are also little things like a lot of teams just not signing anybody. And I agree. There should be a salary floor in many, many ways. Um, It just makes way too much sense. These teams are making tons and tons of money. Like, Yes, make them spend it toward the players. That's obviously what they want. I don't think we're going to see something like that. But at the very least, there are certain things like the qualifying offer. If you're not familiar with that, um, essentially the average of all free agency contracts, they say that is a number. So that's like $18 million. Any team that has a um, a player that's going to free agency finally after team control says they can offer him that qualifying offer. Um, then that player, it's a one-year deal, can say, yes, I'll accept it. And if they say no, then that team is given a compensation draft pick. So in many ways, teams are getting compensated for not spending money again. Um, And by getting, not to mention the team that needs to also give up, get that pick, sorry, the team that, where that pick comes from is from the team that signs the players. Let's say I offer you the qualifying offer. You say, no, go sign with the Yankees. The Yankees now need to give me a, a draft pick. That means the Yankees have a, Decentivization to not sign you. Um, and that's a problem. So there are these little elements to it that are going into this, but the things you're seeing are CBT, everyone, you know, the players want that to be raised. Where does that that cap happen? Okay. How much money are they getting in the pre-arbitration? That is mid-league minimum and all that kind of stuff. We want that to raise. And when the funniest thing to me is like, this is nothing. Teams have to pay like three million more dollars a year. That's really all the players are asking. Maybe $5 million. That's it. They're not saying you have to spend $50 million more. It's like $5 million.
0: And the owners are like, nah. We're yeah. not going to yeah. do that. And they're right.
1: saying, oh, how dare the players do this to us? They're the ones. We almost had a deal on Monday. No, you didn't. You never did. <laughs> in fact, <laughs> yes. the owners at the 11th hour, in the final one, they said, take it or leave it. They tried to add in new things at the very end in fine print, essentially. Of course. That they had never discussed before, as if the players were some dumb jocks or something. Like it, it's so
0: well, that's well, that, that's well, part of the, that's part of the thing. And Brian, I feel like if you were sitting there, and I want you to touch on this, Brian. They're disrespecting the players out here. They're acting like the players they can't fight for this they don't think they'll fight for this but go ahead brian go well what this really
2: is is just a microcosm of like what's going on in america just as a country like i I like that nick also mentioned this being like millionaires versus thousandaires just on a fundamental level because it's not dissimilar to labor disputes that are going on at different companies you know throughout the country right like we're talking about just labor shortages because people are not willing to do certain things i think baseball being an extension of that and having the players really want to stand on their own too and not, and actually putting their money where their mouth is, so to speak and being like, look, we're not going to play these games. If you're not going to treat us the way we're meant to be treated or the way we should be treated. Like, I think a lot of other people just in general are making that decision. And that's why I think this is so relatable. I also wanted to ask Nick because uh, as the founder of pitcherlist.com, you kind of need baseball games to be functioning right now, right? Like, So, so the way, so, and and I think that this also just impacts, it's not even just businesses that are built around baseball, because I'm thinking of like the minor league players who already got boned in 2020 oh, yeah. because there was no minor leagues during the entire pandemic. A lot of guys had to go to Puerto Rico, the Dominican Republic, Venezuela to play in winter leagues and such. Uh, other guys went to korea and we saw like we saw like yep. former Dan really
1: 20- coming back this year finally from yeah KBO. yeah
2: from the kbo like they were games on espn because we didn't have any games and they were major league players or ex-major league players going out there to play but for you just from a business perspective like okay so how does this work now because i believe this is the first baseball lockout you've had to deal with since pitcher yeah. lists existed so i mean
1: we had something similar obviously with quarantine um, in twenty twenty.
2: yeah, that's true.
1: Um, and I was actually really fortunate in that sense where um I was ready to start investing in a lot of things that year. And I hadn't yet. I wanted to kind of to have a smooth opening day and then then make it work. and then opening day didn't happen. So we were able to get through that. I started an event called Pitchcon that year as a way to uh, to help us survive, essentially. and then I felt bad about asking for so much money without like giving to charity. so we gave half of it to feeding America which was a really fun event. And you can go watch all of it on YouTube. I and mean, we've done it for three straight years now, where it's just industry people talking for four straight days. But, uh, but stuff like that that we can do. Um, now it's a little weird because we, man, I, I made a really cool website to pat myself on the back. It is really amazing. <laughs> and I love it. And I can't wait when there's normal baseball for it to really thrive and be everything that everybody wants. It's just that, um you know 50% of traffic is down it's like it's down 50% and it's not just me Like fangraphs just put out a whole thing today about mm. yeah this is bad they're they're down 50% in traffic as well in february and in march and you know i, I got to figure it out uh, i'm i'm lucky in the sense that i don't have um you know we don't have any investors don't have any corporate board or anything we don't have any debt that we are forced to pay out and stuff you know I obviously have the overhead of the site um and you just kind of have to be creative and figure it out and just uh, get through it somehow. Um, I feel so strongly that when baseball returns, everything is going to be great. It's going to be fine. You know, believe in the product that you have all of that, but yeah, it hurts. And it's even hurts more that the owners think of this kind of like as a, they don't understand the impact of what they're doing. They don't. And, And if there's anyone that can be charitable, don't you think it should be billionaires? Right, but uh, but that's the problem. What?
2: Unbelievable, but, 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 but that's not how they
1: became billionaires. Why should but, they have to do it? Because right, but they're that's billionaires. The that's why. Is, no one should have a billion dollars.
2: But that's also the problem Like nationwide again is because like yeah. a, 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 <laughs> inflation is crazy right now, right? But billionaires have made more money than they ever have oh my God. since the yeah. pandemic started. So who's getting fucked in all of that? It's the working class people. So in this situation here, it's the baseball players. It's the labor. Specifically, the baseball players that, as you mentioned, Max Scherz was fighting for, guys fighting for minimum contracts, uh, you know, trying to loosen up the arbitration shit that doesn't make a lot of sense when Jeff McNeil is somebody who, because he came out of college and didn't make it to the majors for four years, is not going to see free agency until he's like 32, 33 years old. Yeah, which is it's crazy. It's messed
1: up. It's messed which is up. Crazy. And that's a huge problem with this and, and something that the players were pushing for was having an age limit or something around you know, either you hit this age or this amount of years to prevent issues like that which we haven't really heard about in all of these negotiations anymore no that
2: you haven't heard about Yo, it com- all. here's the thing yeah. compare it compare it to another sport real quick like basketball for example where comparatively like major league baseball if you want you can come out early now in baseball, you can come out straight out of high school or you have to go for co- college for three years, which is in itself a dumb rule. But essentially, like in the NBA, if you come out, you're a one and done or a two and done, like you can hit free agency at 23, 24, 25 years old. Even if you're a four-year player, but when undrafted, you can still hit free agency 24, 25 years old. Like, And that's where you want to do it because you're entering your peak. You probably right. establish yep. yourself a little bit to that point. But in baseball, a lot of times when you're 25, 26, you're either starting arbitration, still on a rookie scale contract, you might not even be in the majors. And in most cases, you're probably not because most guys don't even make it to the major leagues. And that's the other part about all of this. It's oh, like, man. You're talking about a lot of baseball players, and there are a lot of minor leaguers who they've been, there have been guys who have been sharing their stories on Twitter, like, hey, I've been in the minor leagues. I played with Trenton and played in this team in Ohio Valley, and I've been doing this for seven years. And this is my story. And this is why people should, and I've just seen minor league players come out. And sharing like how this affects them. And those are guys that are making salaries compared to like, you know, what regular you and your family might make, because like they're just regular people who get paid to play baseball, et cetera, et cetera. And they're probably a lot of them probably don't even get it to the majors, or they have to be so persistent where they can't get to the majors until later on, just because that's how the system works, or whatever the case may be. Like there's been more than one Chris Coast who didn't make it to the majors till he was like 33 right. years old. It's so.
1: it's it's wild, you know. I this uh, unfortunately, this whole negotiation doesn't involve the miners. Um, it's you know, it's a MLB Players Association. They can't speak for it. Yeah. I mean, I I I've shared my feelings so many times. I think everybody obviously agrees. Like, hey, you are trying. Like, I I, I hate in any way mentioning humans as an investment or anything like that. But Same. that's effectively like you know, why don't you want these players to be as great as they can be? If you're trying to build a winning ball club or so, you want to say, cool, let's give you all the tools possible to be that. And that would mean that instead of getting, you know, um, a secondary job as an Uber driver to actually be at the athletics uh, facility and improving. And it's such an easy thing, again, for organizations to just throw 5 million, that's it. All of a sudden, you're going to have you're going to have at least one player who is incredible come out of that. You know, I mean, it, it blows my mind that there needs to be all of this fighting and arguing and uh, protesting for minor leaguers to get paid more. Like, how is that a thing? I don't understand. It, Sadly, that has nothing to do with the CBA here. It is nope. something we're going to be talking about after this. Yep. But mm-hmm. right now, it can't be addressed
0: inside of it. And since we were talking about, Nick, about the fact of you operating your startup, list, you know, amid this MLB lockout, I have a very important question. If you saw Rob Manfred out in these streets, what would you say to him? What would you have to say to Rob Manfred, who's messing up your money and the money of other people? What would you have to say? What would you have to say to that man?
1: This is the funniest thing to me. I'm sorry. Um, I think a lot of people give Manfred too much credit because at the end of the day he's just a puppet for the owners um yeah. it's not it's not manfred making these decisions it's manfred who is hired by the owners to represent mlb he i mean honestly i imagine in his heart somewhere manfred doesn't like the thing that he's doing but this is what he does this is his job this is what he's supposed to do you know and uh, like it's a, you know it's not this evil man that is just doing this I wouldn't have anything to say to Manfred. I would just be, you know, I i w- I would just say, man, this sucks. <laughs> you know? And it's oh, not a hunk God. of metal. And, like, here's the thing, too. Like, the hunk of metal quote, all of you guys yeah. know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. the Astros, you know, were not penalized at all, really, when it came to cheating for the 2017 World Series. And the reason, I believe, the reason for that, is because all the owners knew that their teams were doing stuff too, mm-hmm. and mm, and if he, <laughs> if he came out and said something more, he needed to downplay this so that essentially, you know, this, all the owners felt okay. And then, like the Astros owner was like, "Hey, like all of us do this. Like you can't possibly do this, right?" Um, and Manfred's like, "All right, cool. I represent all of us. I'll make sure this is taken care of. I'll call like a hunk of metal or something." You know, like that's what happened.
0: <laughs> it just took the pressure off them. So I want to ask you this too, right? Because you said that, look, the owners are looking at this like, hey, we can ride this out for a little bit. We can miss a couple weeks in the season. We'll still make money. Well, they'll but make more, money. They'll make more they'll money. Make more money. more I money. Mean, right. You talked about the TV deals and all this stuff. Do you think the players, Nick, are really down for this? Are they really in this for the long fight? Do you think yes. they're in this to say, look. We're going to fight on this. We're not no, letting up on this. We're, we're not and trumps and here in the, it is world.
1: the most <laughs> conflicting thing. Because I so heavily believe in what the players are standing for. The sad part is that it means I get affected by it. And uh, the more that the players hold out, the worse I do. But I, uh, that's a selfish thought, though. I mean, what the players are doing is the right thing. Right. And, I, and I stand with what they're doing. And as long as they need to do to get what they need, then go and do it. Um, it just sucks. And, and you know I'm proud of them for this. We've made fun of Tony Clark so much over the years for the bad CBAs that they've had before and how much he just rolled over for, for the owners. I will say this. He went around in the previous one and asked people what they wanted. And it was less of money stuff, but it was more of amenities and more of like more off days, um, just better clubhouses, that kind of stuff, not... Hey, our salaries are too low Kind of thing So the owner's like, yeah, sure, alright, fine We'll do all of that um, But yeah, it, it's huh, it, It's it's not fun Going through this at the moment I stand with the players they're, go- they're in for the long haul though And I gotta say, what they're asking is so Unbelievably fair That once the owners are like Three weeks in, they'll be like Alright, we'll give you some of this And that's that They'll be done so if we're, if yeah. we're,
2: if we're making predictions, Nick, May 1st, just May 1st. Okay. Cause that, I, I, Dex, I've heard similar, like uh-huh. I, I've sort of heard like, that, you know, they can lose April and like both sides would be okay with that. I think the owners would be okay with never playing baseball again yeah. at this rate. No, no, no. Okay. This point. <laughs> but, <laughs> they want to make some money. They make a lot yeah. of money. They want their yeah. TV deals. They want their you know, 14
1: team playoffs, you know, April 28th to give you an exact date uh is what I would say. So four four weeks
0: of the season lost. So you think the we, will see, we will see baseball. Oh man. We'll get we'll get to hold hold that on that Brian. We'll get we'll get man. to that in one second. Helps Backpack Broadcasting create more of the original content that you love. Visit Backpack Broadcasting's Patreon page and become a patron today. Just to be clear with yeah. you, you think one, we will see Major League Baseball in 2022. We think we possibly may see it before May. I mean, April
1: 28th is the reason, is what I'm saying, because then the 25 games are up essentially for the owners Um, that's also a thursday which is what uh, opening day was supposed to be it just makes more sense um like i said may 1st but that's really a sunday and that doesn't quite line up you know um so the 28th maybe it's may 2nd that monday or something but right around then is is when i expect baseball to return
0: okay i I guess i guess we will see some baseball at some point okay one of these sticking points brian was going to bring this up I'm going to do it right now. I can do it right now. (laughs) 14-team playoff. Tell us what you think, Fy.
2: Like, yo, this 14, like, here's the thing. I do think, Nick, we may have talked about the playoffs before, but I I do think that there's a world where you could convince me 12 is good because there's 30 in a league, but it would kind of have to be, like, in a way that football was, where it's three versus six, four versus five, and then one and two get the bye, but... I wouldn't want it to be all these single games. And I guess that's really my issue here, right? So if and when we do see baseball again, how do you feel about this 14-team playoff? Because I think that the way to do it in a way that's true to regular season baseball would be to have series, series. I don't know how you would say that, right? <laughs> series. Multiple, a, series. <laughs> multiple, multiple series. Multiple series. As <laughs> opposed series. to... As opposed to... You know, just single game playoffs. I don't like 162 games, or I don't know how many games we're gonna get this year. Being boiled down to one game, I don't really love that because the sport is, you know, three game series, four game series, three game series, etc., cetera, okay. et cetera. All right, all right. Or how about uh, we,
0: how about we actually reduce the season, which needs to be done? But that's, that well,
2: that's the thing that I think we should do. That, but they, the owners don't want. Oh do yeah, that. Nick. I, Nick, wait, Nick. I'm, Listen, I'm just I, to, I, just to just 100. Don't you dare take away my game. Oh, no, okay. get, no, 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 but Nick, you get more playoff games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah no, 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 no. Okay. Well, let's hold, see it. Wait, wait, okay. Yes, okay. let's go back. Yes.
1: <laughs> okay, first of all.
2: Clear out, Dex, clear out. <laughs> the, Blue, the,
1: the Blue Jays last year were a 91-win team, did not make the playoffs because they were out by one game. And you're telling me 162 is too many? We needed yes. more to get that separation. I think that is the best showcase that baseball needs that many games to get the proper separation over time. Now, I'm going to say this about the playoffs. Do you guys remember 2020 and and what they did then? Do you remember? 16
2: teams, right? Yeah. 16
1: teams. And guess what? Marlins
2: made the playoffs.
1: Marlins made the playoffs. They were a winning ball club. And they had a fantastic series against the Cubs. It was awesome. I had a great time. That was a really wonderful October. And guess what? The two teams in the end were the Rays, the best team in the AL. Against the Dodgers, the best team in the NL. And the Dodgers won. And it felt like a normal result, as we all expected. This is how I feel about the playoffs. It is super fun. And if you are a winning ball club, I think you belong in the playoffs. That's actually the playoff system that I would do. I would say, if you are above 500, not at 500, if you make it above 500 through this 162-game grind, you belong in the playoffs. Now, what we can do is then award exactly what you're saying those that win the division or have higher records benefits. Ways of doing that or buys. You can make it so mm-hmm. that you do a three-game series where the winning squad needs to get one versus the lower record needs to win two. Whatever you want it to be, there are ways to even it out. But having more playoff games are innately not bad. It's just about how you structure it. And, well, yeah, you're, my, and you're complaining we... also about the one-game playoff and you're out. Well, then have a better regular season. Like I'm fine. Like either we go I'm from, fine like, a with that. Injuries. Who cares? If you have a four-game <laughs> playoff, right? Four teams in the playoffs, right? Right. And you want to add more teams, fine. Make those guys deserve need to do it in one game to get their chance. They should have been a better team in the regular season. That means we're not deflating what you did for six months. And yes, yeah, so you can say things about like the second half, you find your groove, you get a rotation, you're made for the playoffs. I have a lot of ideas for that. As far as I would oh, never I have tell. an off day. Zero off days. We don't what? have off, zero don't have off days. Only between series. Um, we only like inside of a series. We do this in season all the time. Why all of a sudden do we not do that for the playoffs?
2: Oh, oh, sorry. I, I, oh, I zero in in off yeah. yeah. I I, I yeah. thought you meant I thought you meant
0: during the regular season. I, okay, <laughs> I, yeah, I, got <laughs> I was I was like, what? But you no, know, what I hate
1: is like teams yeah. can roll with like three man rotations at times and then roll through it. Like, no. You if it's a seven-game series, you gotta go through all five or do a three-day rest with your number one guy. I'm not like, I'm not it, opposed to that. That is like that is a big issue that I've seen in a lot of playoff series is that you have these teams that have three good aces. Look at the nationals from 2019. It was Corbin Strasburg and Scherzer who rolled through that. And that changes everything. Like, wait, but that's not a proper 100 win team that's more like an 85 to 90 team because they're four and five are not very good, and I I want that represented. There are ways to figure this out. Innately, having a 14 team playoff isn't the problem. If anything I love that. I love that there are more teams in. That means more teams are going to be competitive. That means at the trade deadline, instead of everybody selling and for like the four people that are trying to go against each other, and then Dodgers always win and get everything. We're going to actually have a lot of teams that want to be in it and going to have a lot more dealings. You're going to have a lot more teams that feel like, oh, no, we're just one big signing away. I love this. I think it's a great idea. And look, if that's what the owners want, more games for more playoffs so that they make more money so that all the players can be paid, awesome! That, that's I, a solution. I, I think I'm, that's
0: great. I'm fine I'm fine with the expanding the playoffs with more teams. And people will say, oh, it's diluted. You almost have half the teams getting...
2: Great basketball, does it. you guys do okay? Yeah, and, and, and they're no, doing fine. Basketball actually has two thirds of the league now because of the play in, right? So, like, With it, the it's, it's a 20, 20 in, 20. Well, yeah, it's so, not
0: 20 and a 16 in, but there's 20 people, 20 teams actually complete in some sort of playoff thing, if you want yeah. to call it that. 20 teams, they're are not, playing not actually for in. So,
1: seven but, plays 10, eight plays nine, or something.
2: No, it should seven, be that way. So, here seven plays eight, seven plays eight, and the winner gets the seventh seed, and then the loser of that game.
1: Winner nine ten,
2: and then they get the eight.
1: See, you can be creative. This is what I'm talking about. You can do exactly that <laughs> for this, right? Like it's fine. You don't. You're not. You're not making it worse for those that have a better. Regular here's season, here's you know? my. This is the only like, thing that's I was exactly going, what
0: it should be. The only thing I was going to say is I'm with Nick on pretty much all of that. My except. thing is, except <laughs> I don't <laughs> think baseball. I think baseball is too fucking long. Like we need to. We, we need to. Okay. Like, this like is here's what you need the thing,
1: decks. yeah. Go ahead. We go need ahead. to
0: cut. We need to cut some of the games down. You mm. want to get you. You know what I love? I love second half of the season. Bit. I love August on late July on. I love it. I don't care about a lot of shit going away. Which actually, is funny. This year, I might like that it starts in May. I oh, like don't that. even. I kind of like that. I kind <laughs> of like that. I don't like, it. I, don't don't like, it, I don't like. I don't I like. I don't like talking about you. all of our stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah hold on. Hold on. Hold, so on hold on. I don't. I don't like it for you. I'm saying I don't like it for you. We know that you're <laughs> suffering, but what I, with the fourth, here's my one concern with the four, this is the, in all seriousness, my one concern with the 14 playoff is like, okay, is this going to make the playoffs longer? Are we playing games in fucking November now in the cult? Like, like, no, no, what, no, no, are, no, no. what What are we doing here? What no, are we no,
1: no, doing? Okay, okay. 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 So as I was, as I was talking about, if you have no off days inside of a series, you also can compress it. You can also make it with 14 teams. You can do one game playoffs. You can do three game series. whatever you want to do. You can do that really effectively. We've had games, we've had games in November for like a decade now. Like that's not a new thing, and that's fine. Now I'm gonna say this: if you're thinking like it's too long, is it too long of a season? Are the games too long individually
2: for
0: you? I I, th- I think it's too long of a season. I'd like to see but it. what's t- wrong with that. What, yeah, like what's is, wrong with more of a good thing? Here's the thing, and especially for what you do at Pitcherless, because I'm yeah. very intrigued to know this, right? If we have, if we let's say we shorten the season to, let's say we take twelve games off, okay? Yeah. Okay. one hundred fifty games. Twelve oh, wait, games, right? Twelve. Nick. That gives game, like, 12, twelve games. With, uh-huh. That's that's more rest during the regular season. That's going to help pitchers. Pitcher list. Go yeah. help, oh, no, no, help. No, 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 it's no. It's not going to no, help no. pitcher performance.
1: No, no, but but what, what the 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 ones that hurt then are the number five starters. And the number five starters are my favorite thing about the game. Because those are the guys that are coming up. They're getting their first chances. The ones that you don't really expect anything from. But all of a sudden, this wonderful guy is just destroying it. Luis Heel for the Yankees has a wonderful stretch of four games. And that's what everybody is talking about all of a sudden. Nestor Cortez doing the same thing, right? Those uh-huh. are the number five starters. The more that you spread it out like this. Nah, now you're getting, now you're getting four starters per team. You're making it more top-heavy in this way. You're not getting the beauty of the game. And to, to me, the best part of the game, the beauty of the game, is that you have one task as a pitcher. One thing you have to do. You have this imaginary box, and you have to throw a ball into it. And every single one of these guys has a different way of doing it, with a different approach, different fastball that moves this way, and a slider that goes that way, and starters. weights. And the more that we see variety of this who are talented, who have a lot of ability, rarely are actually like they're just bad, pitchers out there. Trust me, I've sat through games where I'm just like, oh, God, I do not want to watch a single second of this. I oh. understand it.
2: But for the well, most Smith part... Fans, Dexter and I have also. Yes. So.
1: I, I had to go through a game of Clayton Richards against uh, Corey Oswalt, who I call the false king. Oh. And that was... I was, that was, like, was One game, I was at field level. And it was like, why did I get it for this game? Uh, but the point of the matter is, when you get less baseball in that way, more off days and spread out, those are the guys that actually hurt and sure, you can say from fans, yes, I want more games of being Cole or Scherzer or de Gram, or whatever. But for me, the ones that are following it so religiously, that is the exciting part. That is the stuff that is the stuff that gets me going. Is I cannot wait for another start of this.
2: You know what? This guy to go See, and I I, I to didn't go. Know, let, me, let me hold on. I, let I, me back I, I, nick up here. I did not
0: think, think anybody was gonna here. be excited about fifth starters here. No, but let are me back right?
2: nick up here because yeah, I ahead. think I think this world is too fucking centered on stars yes okay i think that we need to appreciate the role players and the reason why is because most of you motherfuckers out there are role players okay we need to appreciate the people we could actually relate to instead of just being the star hungry star horny time that we're in right now wow uh, okay people that wasn't the phrase i was expecting listen i i'm I'm tired of it because people (laughs) only focus on stars when it comes to shit i'm watching commercials and they're not hyping up warriors versus lakers they're hyping up steph versus lebron what if i want to see jordan Poole or juan toscano anderson or austin fucking reeves like what's the problem with that? Yeah, because those dudes ma- I don't journey. care about the I don't care about the stars as much as other people. Give me some good fucking it's role players baseball, with some good backstory and all exactly. this Exactly. Baseball is all about the storylines, man. Yes. It's
1: about the guy, you know, D Gordon hitting that home run, you know? Like it, it's all this stuff that's just uh, the uh, Patrick Wisdom being good last year, do you even know who that is? You probably don't, but if you're a fan, you absolutely do. You know, it, it, it's crazy stuff like that. And the more and more you propel it, as as Brian is saying, where it's just the cream of the crop and that's it, now nah, that then just comes sterile. That doesn't you know? help the
2: game. That there's doesn't no, help the game well. I, there's I, no.
0: There's no I'm just, Evan I'm just I'm just saying give like,
2: me give me Tristan McKinney. Nick, I'm just saying all, I'm <laughs> yes. saying what, what both
0: what both of you are saying can absolutely be true. No. And I'm not saying that you're wrong. <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying that you're wrong. I think there's I think there's merit to what you're saying. I'm just saying if we shave off 12 games, does no, that kill that? don't do it. Yes. It doesn't kill it. I don't buy that. I don't buy that it kills it at all. You need more
1: time for everything to brew and to, to settle and and, Do we? and digest. Do we? Look, 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 man. It was 12 games less. It was oh, – sorry, 12 fewer games in the year. You wouldn't have the Mets falling apart for two straight seasons. Okay? I don't they even made what, the playoffs I, in, both, in both years.
0: You, right? you know what? You know, you know what, Nick? You know what, Nick? Screw you, one for bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> you That's know like what?
1: Fifteen years ago, the wounds. And,
0: and you know what? I was there for both of the final games. No, and I, no. was in the I was there for I'm both sorry. of them. I was there for no, both, no, both no, of them. Fine. Yes, I, you know what, Nick? You Nick, should appreciate Nick, this more than anyone. Then I, I maybe maybe I should, but maybe I was trying to forget about that pain. I wasn't trying to think about
2: it anymore. All right, Nick. You're Was Nick was Levon Hernandez a fifth starter in 1997?
0: When no, he came over
2: it. originally from Cuba. Uh, when he first came over, I mean, oh, when he he first didn't have,
1: came like, over anything. I mean, they had a couple. No, but I don't think he. Maybe when he first came over. I mean, everybody Literally. starts at the
0: bottom, right? hey, oh, 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 Brian, you too. You love you loving the fifth starter here, just loving the fifth oh,
2: starter. Yes. Oh, the, yo, but the, yo, but Ma- you need f- shit in a rotation now. You have six on some in some instances. So oh yeah, that's like the Mariners. Listen, Angels, every yeah. every time, every time I stress out about the Mets offseason, Part of that is who the fuck is going to be the fifth starter because they <laughs> never nail it. And that's part of the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But see, but hold on.
0: Hold on. You're right. They never get it right. And that's probably why I don't care about the fifth starter because they always mess it up. No, because you could
2: find a good one. They just haven't done it yet. And usually, maybe it's Tyler McGill. And here's the thing. Yeah, he was was solid. I like when David Peterson for a stretch. David Peterson for a stretch. I like for a stretch, for a stretch. For a stretch. We 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 got (laughs) to see more. But here's the thing. I want, like, here's the thing. The fifth starter usually is generally exciting when it's either a veteran who's still trying to prove that they still have it or a young guy that you're excited about who has to start at five because, you know, seniority, whatever the case may be. Like that's exciting to me. So that stuff does matter.
0: Yeah, I, I will. I will have to say it kind of just popped my mind who my maybe most recent favorite Nets fifth starter was. It just really came to me. Where Come on, at? man, Bartolo Colon, man. Yep. When well, Bartolo <laughs> Colon was out there throwing, <laughs> listen, man, I'm hitting to, home I see some bar- Yeah, I, I, listen, you know what, Nick? I was tuning in for that Bartolo Colon. I yeah, you were. I can't. <laughs> you were. I can't were you hit there
1: when Bartolo Colon effectively ended James Shields' career?
0: I was, I was not, I was not watching, but I was watching. (laughs) I was watching one of the greatest calls in
1: baseball history. Gary Cohen. Uh,
0: I I was watching. Okay. So you're, you're down, you're down
2: for the 14 team playoff. Mm -hmm. Um, Would you wait, Nick, could I propose to you? What if, what if you had, what if you had in the playoffs instead of single game playoffs, would you prefer like three game series, then five game series, and then the world series would be seven game series?
1: Hmm. Uh, I mean, no, the ALCS and NLCS have to be seven.
2: Okay, so what about seven. three, seven, and seven? Make, I mean, that's
1: if, well, it's currently okay. Right now, it's five, seven, and seven. Um, if I would honestly suggest that you can probably fit in a three game before uh the five, so I would go three, five, seven. I wouldn't seven. mind that. Maybe even like do, one play in
2: and then three, five, seven, seven. Uh, th- playing in baseball is a little tough. Like, I don't even love it in basketball, but I get it right. And, and for you basketball, could, I think it's a little bit different because in basketball, like. The separation amongst those teams usually isn't a lot. Now, this year is going to be interesting because we're going to actually see some teams that people think have high ceilings, like the Brooklyn Nets, uh, in one of those games, which, yep. is, going be, which look, is going to be... interesting. Look, the I haven't leader, thought about the Brooklyn Nets in a
1: very long time, and I live the, 20 minutes from the Barclays Center. So. Good
2: for, honestly, good for you. Like, seriously, good for you. you don't, you're, it's, you're better as off. Soon
0: as, as soon as Nick said that, I said, Brian's
2: going to love that comment. You're better. <laughs> but here, here's the thing, though, right? Like, I will, I will say this, though. When I have a one-game playoff in baseball, when I have a one-game playoff in basketball, as we saw last year. If you give me a one-game... Oh, I'm one all into that. Playoffs is a one-game playoff, so I'm going to watch it. Oh, I'm but, all into right, it. You know, so, so I, I, I didn't, didn't love, say as a Mets fan, our one-game playoff in 2016, Jerry's Familia.
1: You know oh, what I mean? Oh, man. Like, I didn't Here love that the, one. I, but... but um... But yeah, so I mean, those wild card games are super exciting. By the way, they're they're really really fun to watch. Absolutely, and they I think it's a really just amazing night overall. Baseball. We had some incredible ones like the Royals and the Athletics. You had uh, Travis Ishikawa's home run as a Giant. I mean, there's so many amazing moments last in those games. year the Red Sox. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no. Um, the uh, the one thing I wanted to even suggest you could do some crazy awesome ideas. You could have like a four team or three team round robin in like Omaha or something a neutral Ooh, site,
2: and like, for, like two
1: days or something like that. And you have these like some teams have to play a double header that day or whatever it is. You can actually do some fun things for Look. this, to speed it along. You know, yeah. But see, here's,
0: see, I Nick, like the round robin idea. I'm not Nick, gonna lie, I, I do Nick, like that. I like the idea, but we we all have to acknowledge the truth here. You know, around baseball it's a lot about tradition and people just don't want to move things forward. I think you're trying to do that. I respect it. I love it. I'm here for it. But you know, around baseball, a lot of people are like, nah, man, this is how it's gotta be. I think you're being open minded here. Mm. But you know, oh, yeah. I, don't, I
1: don't expect I don't expect a round Robin to happen, but you can and there are always solutions for these things. Look, we were we were against instant replay before it happened. You right. Know? right OBP being mentioned on a broadcast what you know <laughs> like it, it, it's crazy I, uh, you know this is that's it's, it's funny to me how baseball is attached to being the most boomer of all sports in this way <laughs> and you know it, it's I guess it's what happens to me but we'll say the last 10 years you know the fact that CSW percentage is even mentioned uh is crazy right. to me and like that is how the game works now is that we're all welcoming now of i hate the term analytics but really just more information right and this yeah. the, the barriers of that are coming down quickly you have someone like pitching ninja being so huge with gifts now right like that is modern technology infused in the game you talk you have everyone talking about spin rates and access and all that stuff that's really important and uh you know over time every notion that we have about how the game is played changes so i i think it's a You know, another element of the game that can change is how we do our playoffs and how we play this. I don't see a reason why, over time, that can come down to.
0: No, I can't can't see it. Well, hopefully... We get some baseball in 2022, yes. Know, we're gonna April. have, we're gonna okay in April. I'm sorry, I, I should have waited for the entire sentence, <laughs> yes. Yes, I hope I in, April, in, in April, and and, and I just That's wonder, sorry. you know, I wonder will the owners come out of here looking bad? I, I bad, wonder about all that. There's
1: not a chance, there's, there's not, not a, a chance,
0: chance, right? I know, no, I know, this is there's the no thing chance. I, I yes.
1: mentioned before, I'm sorry, uh, in the past, the owners were so good at controlling the narrative, uh, the public perception. And this is, I think, honestly, the first time the owners go, wait a sec, we're not winning this one? Nope. Um, it's crazy. I mean, yes, I'm in my own bubble of people that are certainly aware. But every single time I see a comment of someone defending the owners, they just get dunked on instantly. <laughs>
0: yep. And it's
1: amazing. Like, I, it's that's... really kind of wild how much everybody knows the players are in the right this time. And that's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, yeah. that's well, that's why Dan Levitar is also doing that as a bit. He's, uh, yeah. he's big. He's yeah. But yeah, all, all, all I all I want to say is that I ho- I also hope that we get baseball uh, soon because I've actually I've actually gotten more into it over the last couple of years. And it's so, because of Pitcherless. I know. Thank you so much. There, there we go. <laughs> there,
0: there, 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 Full circle. There, there, there we go. Well, the other thing is we also we do not want to see uh Nick and Pitcherless out there struggling. Please check out Pitcherless.com. Go check out that site. Great site, uh, especially if you're into the fifth starters, which I am not. Oh I yeah, to get, man! I, I need to get up on that.
1: Talk I need to
2: all get... day about them fifth starters. Gary Ashby <laughs> he should be. He's a sixth right now. Yeah. I CSW, love CSW plus, like all, all of that stuff. <laughs> all <Seriously>. that,
0: all <laughs> that stuff is there. Um, Nick, good to see you. Uh, like I said, hopefully we have some baseball soon, oh, yeah. um, and you know people can start. You know that traffic can be back going towards the site. That is Nick Pollock. Check out his work on pitcher list. Nick, good seeing you. Hope we see you again soon, man.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. This was this was so much fun. Why did it take so long for us to I, do this again? I, I, this I don't know, man.
0: I don't know, man. We gotta have you more time through the baseball
2: I, season, cause I, I could start bitching about other things. Yeah, I
1: think it's because you hate baseball so much, Dex. Come on, no, I, don't, man. I don't. Oh wait, I don't. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on.
2: You you saw what Steve Cohen did this off Dexter and I will be watching baseball oh, a yeah. lot of it this year. What, 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 what specific going to have thing you back. are
1: you talking about with Cohen? Because he oh I mean, just
2: just spending a fuck ton of money uh, to make the Yeah, you needed better. to be precise think, about that.
1: He did good things. Like Sally Marte is a great guest. Oh, Mark from Cannon a baseball
2: standpoint. Oh, I love Mark you know Max I love Marte. You know yeah, I love yeah, Starley you know. Marte. I love base dealers, yeah. Nick. Remember, I love base dealers. <laughs> yeah, man. Nick, Nick,
0: we got we'll we'll have you back on during the season. I'm sure. Well, when it happens. Well, uh, for we'll lastly, have a lot to talk about.
1: Lastly, guys, congrats on 215. You know, Thank like, you. it's not easy to do what you guys do for so long. So congrats to that. Very Thank touched you, to be here. Thank you so much for
2: having me. Yes. Yeah, I miss you guys. And I wish, I wish more people would recognize that, by the way. Yeah. I so yeah. Pre-
0: appreciate you, Nick, man. Appreciate you. Thank you. One time, mind, one, time. one time for your mind, one time. One time for your mind, one time. One time for your mind. We got some interesting stuff this week. And interestingly for Brian and I, we're going to be talking about violence. One where some shit's real serious. And Mm -hmm. what? No, actually, no, let's scratch that, because both of these things are serious. And I would tell you in one mind, I might talk about some violence that I might do. And if you know me, I'm not the one who really condones the violence. But this might call for some violence. Look, and in
2: terms of what Brian's talking about, sometimes you got to defend what's yours. Brian, what you got? Oh, OK. So as we talked about Ukraine and Russia a little bit uh, last time, we did our one time for your mind. Yep. So this is not really a update necessarily. Like this isn't the show where you go to for that. Like there are you can go find uh, in the thick podcast NPR, etc., et cetera, et cetera, that are really covering this stuff. But this is a sports show and a hip hop show. But this is also a show that discusses social issues, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we have Ukrainian boxers. Great ones. Legends. Vitaly Klitschko, Vladimir Klitschko, Vasily Lomachenko, who we talked about a lot on this podcast. Alexander Usyk, who is the heavyweight champion, unified heavyweight champion after beating Anthony Joshua last year. They are on the front lines on this fight against Russia, defending Ukraine. They're all from Ukraine. Uh, the Klitschko brothers are retired. Lomachenko is active and Usyk is active. They just fought last year and uh, Usyk is supposed to have a fight coming up at some point this year to defend this title. And obviously, that is on the back burner because of this. But there are multiple stories going up. I actually first heard about this, Dex. So this past weekend on Saturday, there was a fight on ESPN. It was Jose Ramirez um, versus man how am i forgetting this dude's name because he's puerto rican but this is a bad one jose pedraza jesus christ jose ramirez versus jose pedraza uh very good decision victory for jose ramirez but i thought it was very close and pedraza should have won but anyway mark kriegel fantastic reporter that espn has covered boxing just real stories tremendous interviews he's actually one of my favorite reporters to follow right now um he ran a story, they ran a package that he hosted basically talking about these Ukrainian fighters fighting on the front line. So I obviously, you know, got enamored with it and wanted to look up a bunch of different things. And you're seeing some stories, here's one on NBC News that I found in front of me, which is basically a similar story to what we've seen from other outlets, uh, sort of repurpose where, you know, they're talking about how these fighters just see it as their duty to fight. And they're on the front lines, just, you know, doing different sort of deeds and Actually, out here with the gear and the guns, and the Klitschko brothers have even said, according to this report from Talk Sport, that they've already killed several Russian soldiers while fighting. Like this is real out here. Like they've said in one instance. This is from Talk Sport verbatim. Now the two former world champions have stood firm uh, in the nation's capital, where Vitali is mayor. That's another thing. It's not even just a former boxer; it's also a mayor out here on the front lines, smoking people. Uh, since the invasion began last week uh, for anyone who thought famous athletes might not get their hands dirty 50 year old vitaly says they have already killed russian soldiers vitaly told sky news that he and vladimir quote killed some people i guess six people last night close quote like so oh. fighters are out here Alexander yusek the top of his powers just had the biggest win of his career less than a year ago and is actually risking it all to go fight For his whole Vasily Lomachenko, still one of the best pound for pound fighters in the world, had that loss to Teofimo Lopez, bounced back with an amazing win that we saw last year, Dex, late last year, and he's somebody who is going to be in line for a title shot coming up, and he is somebody else who, like, yo, these guys from Ukraine risking it all, and look, we've talked about in America, different things that people are really willing to risk, willing to fight for, whether it's actual war, whether it's activism, et cetera, et cetera. But these guys are really putting it on the line out here and having some success, which is weird to say, because obviously like this should not like we wish it wasn't happening and this wouldn't have to be the case. But I remember seeing weeks ago, Dex, that the, that the schools were enlisting, so to speak, or going to like a recruiting service or however yeah. it works mm-hmm. to sort of put their names in the hat and that was when we were started to really get like oh man it looks like this is going to happen it's, it's it was turning more when than if so yeah um i wanted to bring that to people's attention that boxers are really out here doing this and there are probably a tons of other people athletes from ukraine that we don't know about who are also putting themselves out there so go ahead dex yeah no i mean what what i would say to that is just one
0: salute to those uh brothers defending their country i mean there's really not much you know you can say for that I think, excuse me, when you talk about guys who are at the top of this sport doing what they do to put, let's talk about what, when you say put it all on the line, they're putting their lives on the line. You know, some of these these guys have families, they have you know, wives, partners, kids that they're going out and putting this on. And this is what this means to them to defend their country. There's a lot of talk sometimes in this country about patriotism and, you know, okay, you know, I'm patriotic. I support the you know, support the flag that people have taken to extremes, or support the 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 army and all the patriots behind it. But it's a fair the question, how many people would really be willing to do what they are doing, and that is really fight for your country and defend your country as another country is coming to invade invade it? You know, and so you know, salute to them for standing up, really standing up for what they believe in and be- and protecting their people. Because that's, that's what they're doing. A lot of the stuff that's going on around there, they're protecting their people. And, um, you know, obviously we support uh the people of Ukraine and they, they have a right for their country not to be invaded and they have a right to defend it. Um, You know, I don't really want violence or want there to be war, but, you know, somebody comes at your neck, you got to do what you got to do to protect your neck. And, you know, that's yeah. what they're doing, but they're really putting it out there. These are athletes that can think about their belts they have, their legacies, anything else, they probably have some of the money where they could probably run away and hide. And No, they're right there on the front line. So, yeah, it's definitely worthy bringing this this attention
2: to the athletes that are in there. You know, we we hope that those brothers stay safe. And I like that when, to wrap this up, when Mark Kriegel uh, mentioned the story, when talking about it, he specifically honed in on something that my mind automatically went to, also just having these sensibilities that – it's not even just that these are athletes doing this they're boxers specifically boxers are wired differently right it makes a lot of sense that they're out there because they're wired in that way like oh you're coming for my stuff i can fight you for it right that's just how it is so i think that there's a there's a certain symbolism in that as well that's interesting to me and you know yeah like that's just said hopefully that this gets resolved very soon we're seeing reports about there being talks from both sides don't know how that's really going. This shouldn't have even gotten to this point to begin with, but you know, hopefully, uh hopefully that we could have a peaceful resolution to this. And I will also mention <clears throat> we saw reports about Britney Griner apparently being detained there. Now, mm-hmm. I later read that she was detained. I don't know if it was weed or something along those they're, lines. There they're being Russia, not Ukraine. There being Russia, yes, Russia. She was being detained and important correction. Thank you for that. Being detained three weeks ago, and we had just heard about it. So like, this is getting to a point where it shouldn't get to. And uh, the reason why she was out there, if people are curious, is because athletes, particularly in the WNBA, they have to go make their living elsewhere because they're not getting paid adequately in America, typically, uh, even with this new CBA. So Brittany Grind has been playing in Russia for many years, as have many other WNBA athletes, because... Women's basketball players do get paid well out there um, in in some instances, especially compared to in the States. So, uh, you know, I don't know uh, what's going to happen with that either. But, you know, again, you hope that all of these situations could just play out peacefully. Now, we'll see.
0: So for my one time for your mind, it kind of ties into a conversation I had a couple of weeks ago with a friend. And I think this will be relatable to people who have kids, but also people who don't have kids. I don't think it really matters. And so if you do, but me and this friend, we were talking about if you're ever in these situations where you see somebody put your hands on your kids, particularly another child putting their hands on your kids. And I had a situation recently where I was at the park with my daughter and I saw this child who seemed to be targeting some kids around the side that were black kids. And he was kicking him and punching him on the sneak, like doing some sneak stuff, Brian, like a little kick here. And I saw that and I had to let the little man know that wasn't going to go down. And I also had to let his father know that wasn't going to be going down because you don't know where these kids be getting this stuff from or where this is coming from. You can't be having it. Yeah. So my home girl who was talking to me about this, who has two kids, she was telling me about some situations where she had to let some kids know uh, some things about touching her young boys. So, One thing parents know, anybody knows, you don't want somebody touching your kids, which you definitely don't want happening. It's another adult touching your kids because that would be ridiculous. Except in Indiana. Teacher slapped a kid. That's right. Teacher slapped a kid and was granted early retirement, Brian. Early retirement, right? And this happening in Indiana, and we got to be clear for y'all on the details because I saw this. Somebody sent it to me, and I was like, man, this is crazy. This is crazy. All right? It's in Elkhart, Indiana, folks. A now retired high school, Indiana high school teacher was arrested last week. This was on Thursday after a video showed him hitting a student during a confrontation over, get this, Brian, wearing a hooded sweatshirt on school grounds, according to official. That is what, that's what caused it. Because I know people might jump to conclusions watching this or listening to this saying like, oh, well, did the kid do something? Because, you know, there's some people out there, the kid deserves to get hit. No, nobody, kid deserves to get hit. Security footage was obtained by CNN. There was an incident that occurred on February 25th at Jimtown High School in Elkhart, Indiana. In the video, you see the teacher, Michael Hosinski, 61-year-old man, okay? 61-year-old man see him jogging down the hallway, appearing to chase the student, grabs the student by the backpack. Harsinski, Harsinski pointed his finger at the student, and then hits the student in the face. Now, the student was next to a wall, and his head hit the wall. The student then held his head with his, one of his hands. Hosinski grabbed the student by the arm, tried to pull the student down the hallway, and the student just kind of collapses and falls to the ground. And at that point, another adult appears, probably another faculty member in the video, and Harsinski, Harsinski walks away from the student. Okay? That all sounds bad. I watched the video. You can watch this video. It looks bad. A grown-ass man, 61 years old, smacked another student. His head hits the wall. That is obviously awful, right? Here's the thing, guys. 40 years in the game, Hosinski teaching. Was named Teacher of the Year for the school in 2020. Planned to retire this (laughs) June, right? According to school board meeting minutes from January. But less than two hours, and this is where I got to bring Brian back on in here, less than two hours after the incident occurred, he goes to the school board and says, yo, I'm out. I can, let, can you let me retire now? <laughs> hey, you know why this happened? Because he knew he was wrong. Yeah. He knew he shouldn't have put his hands on the kid, mm-hmm. and, and he probably knew it got on video. And I got to think the school probably looked at the surveillance. I'm assuming the kid probably said this is what happened. They checked the video. They saw that it was that it happened, and he and here's what happened. But the school gave him early retirement. Like this is see, and this is the thing for me as a parent that annoys me, and I want to be very clear about about this. Especially when your kids are in school, you're trusting that other adults around in that space are going to do the right thing. That they're going to do the right thing to protect the kids, and. Obviously, the school saw the video. They knew he was wrong, too. Y'all said, yeah, we're going to give him early retirement? How was your first thing for you not to call the cops? How, like, how? You know the evidence is out there. You know there's a video. How was the first thing not to call the cops on this man for hitting this kid? Nah, I don't want to hear anything from anybody. Oh, give him a pass. He's 61. Nah, he knew better. Hit he laid kid. the
2: kid out. What, did, what did, does it say in the story? What did the parents do? Ah.
0: That's one of the parts we are going to get to, Brian.
2: That's oh. one
0: of the things. That's one of the things I want to get to because I got some parents I want to talk, talk about. Now, the altercation, this is what triggered the confrontation. Altercation began after Hassan the student, confronted the student about wearing a hooded sweatshirt to class. Also, I would like to note that the 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 dress code rule there about the hooded sweatshirt is stupid. We can yes. just say that. It's, it's absolutely stupid. Yes. Um, and this is all according to Byron Sanders. Who's the school superintendent? Said this in a news release: "Hoods are not allowed in school except on special days, like uh, whatever." According to the school handbook, okay. From there, a verbal exchange ensued, but since he slapped the student's face, the student's head hit the wall. I looked up.
2: I looked up Byron Sanders' uh, LinkedIn photo. Uh, Not what I was expecting from a Byron Sanders. Oh, he's uh, is white Byron. White Byron. Yep. Uh,
0: Yo, know, yo, know, you don't get, you don't, know, you don't get that all the time. Hey, dog, look, you know, okay, Not what I, expected either. But again, you said Byron
2: Sanders. I'm like,
0: in Elkhart, Indiana. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and this again, this is all the statements released that I'm reading right now. This is the school admitting had hit the students had hit the wall, caused visible injuries. This is according to Sanders. Medical staff treated the student immediately, and administrators contacted the Elkhart County Sheriff's Office and Indiana Department of Child Services, according to Sanders' release. Now, we don't know if that's true. They're now saying they did the right thing, and they called the cops, and blah, 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 and all this other stuff. But my thing is, okay, he did that, and y'all still granted him early retirement? Why? Why would you not just not let the investigation process go through? Now he's been arrested because people have obviously been mad, and there's some parents that have been mad. But I would also like to be clear, I also read some stuff where there were some parents, and I watched the package, where there were parents defending Him saying, oh, we don't know what happened. Oh, the kid must have done something. No kid did anything for a 61-year-old man to deserve to smack him in the face and have his head hit the wall. Like, what? Here's the thing. I'm going to be clear about this. Brian, you know I'm not here for the violence, but let somebody do that to my daughter. I'll tell you what, I'm going to send them to early retirement real quick. (laughs) I'll send you to early retirement. I'm going to send you to the hospital and then possibly rehabilitation center. I'm not saying I'm killing anybody. I'm not even going to go that far, but you put your hands... It's reasonable for somebody to think you put your hands on their child, that they're going to want to put their hands on you. Yeah, That's all I'm saying. And I'm just saying, some people may not be so kind as for you to not see these hands. I don't know how the parents of this this uh, young man is feeling right now, but I have to think they're incensed.
2: incensed. That, that's, that's the main thing I want to find out here, right? It's just how the parents would react because... You just basically told us what your parental instinct would be. Um, I think mine would be worse, and thank goodness I don't have kids yet. You know what I mean? But uh, you know, listen,
0: look, man, I, 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 like I said, and that's why I brought up the stuff at the beginning. I, I know the feeling now. I never felt it. You see somebody do something to your child that you know is wrong, yeah, and that rush just, just comes in like you gotta protect. So for the parents, for I'm thinking about, I got incensed seeing the video of this, seeing this child's head hit the wall. I can't imagine how those parents feel, but I think it was a bad look for this school to just say, oh, we're going to give you early retirement. Because if I saw the video and I was superintendent or principal, I would have been like, nah, man, you're going to have to talk to the cops about this. Yeah,
2: I would also say, say, like, it doesn't even need to be parents, because imagine, like, a younger sibling, an older sibling that you're actually close to, family in general, a, a super close friend. A super close friend will do it. You know what I mean? Et cetera, et cetera. Uh, like, yeah, my, my main thing is just the parents. And then also just the sending the dude in the early retirement. Like, I'm just tired of people just getting away with shit. And that's all it really is. It's somebody It's like, all right, instead of actually disciplining you, whether it's jail time, whether it's whatever. Right. I, all right. We're just sending you into retirement early. He did himself a favor. Like, okay, now he <laughs> right. has like a, right. a now he has like a stain on his record. He don't care, he's retired. Like, what's the big deal? He didn't, so he like his...
0: And the man knew he was wrong. Less than two hours he was like, Yo, give me this early retirement. That's he knew he was wrong.
2: Yeah. Like, and 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 then over a, a hoodie allegedly, which Right. Like what in is Indiana like, unfortunately doesn't surprise me. And I'm actually like I maybe I'm just under a rock or whatever, but this is the first I'm hearing about this and I haven't seen it being widely reported on. Maybe Maybe I need to sort of look through my timeline uh, and actually do something. I research. think it's, it's no, I I saw. You think it's
0: underreported. I, no, I I saw. I think it's starting to make its grounds today across social media because I, mm. I I I was sent this uh by someone and then I and then it was like maybe after I actually put it down in the rundown that I was going to talk about this for one time for you, mind, I then saw a couple other people post it on social media talking about who didn't have kids, talking about if they had kids they'd be incensed and they. They want to throw hands. It's an understandable emotion, I think, as you said, also, too, for anybody that would be a loved one or you care about, that you. especially when you see that age disparity, 61 and a middle school student getting slapped in, slapped in the head and then his head hitting the wall and clearly dropping. And that's the thing. He dro- The kid drops down, and there's, like, no concern or remorse in the video for his well-being. No shock. Yeah. You don't – like, listen, it makes you also think – about who's around your kids and that's in, and why we need better background checks. And who knows what this guy's done over his 40-year career? I have no idea. Either way, I'm saying if somebody wants to put hands on that man, I don't have a problem with it. And that man should do some jail time. That's all I'm saying. Yes. He's been arrested now. I hope that he gets the appropriate oh. punishment and not a slap on the wrist. Now he's been arrested, but let's hope it's not a slap on the wrist. Well, you know, sometimes... Violence can't be necessary. I know you guys expect to hear that from Brian and not me, but sometimes it can't be necessary. Yeah. That's it for this episode of the A Hotel Podcast, episode 215. Big thank you to our guest, Nick Pollock. Yes. Great discussion with him about the MLB lockout. We hopefully get to see some baseball soon. We also encourage everybody to continue to keep supporting us in the ways you do. Uh, also check out our partnership with PrizePick. Check out with that promo code BACKPACK. It will match your first deposit up to $100. Continue to do us. So you know where to follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, at A-H-T-T Podcast. Keep hitting us up with that support uh, via Patreon, which we appreciate so much. For Brian Fonseca, I'm Dexter sure. Henry. Until next time, y'all. Peace. Yo, don't be hitting them kids, man. Don't do that. Don't do that.